Welcome to the Your Say Podcast. Hi, guys. Episode 57. Here I am. I'm Nicole Lee. I will be your host for today. It's a solo episode. Haven't been solo in a while. Today, we're going to talk about alone time, having alone time, why it's important, how you can kind of reset yourself, give your mental health, hit the reset button. I'm going to teach you how you can have a true reset and gift yourself 30 hours of bliss, all for no money. Listen in. It's a fucking must listen. Let's dive right in, shall we? First of all, I want to start by talking about why it's important to have alone time. So I think that I've, I've learned so much about this because I was someone who was very obsessed with being around people from a really, really young age. But some of the reasons why you need alone time are as follows. It stops you feeling agitated. It can reduce your stress. If you are sick of rushing around, it can cure that. If you feel like you're not having much fun in your life and it's almost like being alone is a mental reset, right? It's like a hitting the reset button on your mental health and who the fuck doesn't want that, right? So I feel like having your own alone time is definitely something that everyone should be practicing. Now, is it something that everyone is practicing? In my experience, absolutely not. But I want to delve into what alone time can actually look like for you because I think that there's, I don't know, there's just so much noise out there. I've referenced it before in the podcast. So I think that there's a misconception that when you watch TV, you're having alone time. When you, um, I don't know, go and have a manicure or a pedicure, you might be physically alone, but you're still around other people. For me, I'm defining having alone time as purely you going internal and you just being with self, right? So for me at the moment, I have shared custody of my kids, which you guys are aware of. So I get the beauty of having a lot of alone time and I work for myself currently. So I'm alone all the time. In fact, I'm alone more than I'm around people, which is a complete contrast to how my life has been. And it's only been since I've had these moments of being alone that I've really truly learned about myself. So I want to go back to go forward. For me, as a young kid, I was always petrified to be alone. I was scared to be alone in my home because of the drama and trauma that was my life. So I was always really, really scared if my mum was down at her friend's house or, you know, even as a young teenager, I couldn't stay the night alone. So that was kind of fueled from fear for me. So I grew up always wanting to be around people. And as someone who has childhood trauma and has abandonment issues, I was also someone that didn't feel loved as a young kid. So subsequently, I then lived a life through craving and wanting. And for me, being around other people meant that I felt more validated and I felt more love. So as a young girl, I always had friends. I always wanted to go to friends' houses. I stayed at friends' houses. I was pretty obsessed with friends. In fact, I've had God knows how many best friends over the years. Um, And when I say best friends, I kind of mean like friends that become the flavor of that moment. I think we all understand what that means. I've kind of got my core besties, which dates back to sort of high school and, you know, my first sort of 
in my 20s and 30s but the reality is that those those two close close girlfriends live in melbourne now so for me i don't see them a lot but i was always very much obsessed with having someone and then as i grew into a teenager it became a boyfriend their family and i don't even reckon in my I don't know. I'm trying to think of when my first memory of truly feeling alone is. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. I know what it is. So when I was in my early 20s, I took myself over to London to travel, as you do. And because I didn't want to go by myself, I ended up going with a friend of a friend. So another awesome human called Nicole. And I didn't know her very well, but because I didn't want to travel alone, we decided to travel together. So we really only knew someone mutually we didn't know each other well but we got on a plane together and we went off on this big adventure and it wasn't until i realized a couple of months later after living in london that 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 wasn't for me and i then decided to i then decided to travel and i joined different organizations and decided to do a snow season in france so my first memory of truly feeling alone in my entire life right now I, I know i said i had abandonment issues but i'm talking about that physical sense of being alone by myself i was standing at victoria station which is a huge huge train station and i had my backpack a front pack and i'm pretty sure i was holding either my snowboard or my snowboarding boots and i was about to board a bus and it's a train station but there were buses there i was about to board a bus and take my life wherever it was going to take me right? I knew that I was going to a little place called Laclusa and I did not know anybody. And there was a moment in time where this is one of those defining moments in my life where I can remember standing there. And this is again, like for the young ones listening, we didn't have iPhones or any of those things. So I can remember standing there thinking, no one knows where I am right now. There isn't a person in the world that knows that I'm standing here right now and I'm about to get on that bus and where that bus is going to take me. Because the only way of updating family and friends was either going to an internet cafe and sending an email or using a phone card. By the way, phone cards were so expensive back then. So I can remember standing there at Victoria Station thinking, this is the most alone I've ever felt. And whilst it was incredibly, incredibly frightening, it was also the beginning of me truly finding myself and working out who the fuck I actually was. So that was my first memory of truly feeling alone. And I wasn't alone for long because I made a friend called Laura and on the bus. <laughs> And she then became my my bestie at where I went on to work. So that's one of my first real moments of feeling truly alone. And then interestingly, I end up breaking my back. That's another story. We won't go down that, we won't go down that path. But I end up breaking my back and being in hospital um, off the back of this expedition that I took myself on. Anyway, I flew back to Australia and I was in rehab and all those sorts of things to get my back sorted. And in that time, whilst laying in the hospital bed waiting for the nurses from Australia to fly over and get me, I was alone. I was alone for the very, very first time in my life. And I can remember journaling. I can remember wanting my mum. I can remember 
really talking to myself for the very first time in my life. I can't remember the exact age I was, but I reckon I was like 24, 25. And I learned so much about myself. In fact, I've still got this journal. I wish I had it handy right now, but I don't. In this journal, I wrote and I forgave my mum. I forgave all the people in my life that I thought had been mean to me. I reflected on myself. I kind of realized I didn't know what the fuck I was or who I was or what I wanted. And it was a really interesting time. And then when I got myself back to Australia, I, my ex-partner, my ex-boyfriend, which then becomes Dakota's dad as the years go on, had since moved to Queensland. And that's actually how I got to Queensland in the first place. Cause my friends then went, they then went to travel. And I then just fell back into the old patterns, right? The old patterns of having a boyfriend, having someone, having someone, wanting validation, wanting validation. And so my life would have it that I wouldn't ever really truly feel like I was alone again until probably two and a half, three years ago. And that's not an exaggeration. So aside from kind of that moment of being overseas, I had lots of moment in moments in my career where I would travel and I would be alone in a hotel room, or I would be alone on the plane. And in those moments, you know what I would do? Fill them, fill them, fill them, fill them, fill them with a podcast, fill them with a movie, fill them with a video, fill them with catching up with someone. As the years went on, I started to value my time in a hotel room a little bit more, but they were always filled with phone calls, watching movies, ordering food in. And look, I definitely started to appreciate that space, but again, I was still filling it with doing things. So that's my history with having alone time. Fast forward then into my 10-year relationship, which you've all heard me talk about. Then I start to really crave alone time. I think that in this relationship, because I had such an anxious attachment style and my ex-partner had the complete opposite. So she was, what was her attachment style? Uh, I just had a mental blank. I was anxious. She was detached. So she would just detach from everything, right? So we were completely the worst possible combination that you could have. And she craved alone time and wanted alone time and had quite a lot of it. And then I kind of just followed suit and I'm like, oh, well, she's having alone time. I better as well. So I almost convinced myself in the beginning that alone time was important purely because she had said it was. And at the time I was so obsessed with her loving me that I just did everything she said. Kind of sad, right? But Anyway, that's the way it went. So in this relationship, there was alone time when we would both travel. So when one of us would travel for work, the other one would be left at home. And I started in those moments to really love it. I loved that I could eat what I want. I loved that I could not make the bed and I'm obsessed with having a clean home. But when I was alone, all of a sudden I was like, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not going to do that. I wouldn't brush my teeth before I went to bed, which was almost so gross, but also really weird. It was almost like, no one knows I'm not brushing my teeth. I'm not going to brush my teeth. So in this part of my relationship, I started to really enjoy that alone time, but it wasn't the alone time that I would then sooner come to appreciate. So I'm a massive advocate of alone time. I talk about it on all of my social forums. I talk about it with my clients and I've certainly talked about it on the podcast before. I want to talk a little bit now specifically about the benefits and then I'm going to go into a little bit more about my personal journey. 
number one, you feel so much less conscious, right? So when you're not in front of anyone, you fart, you burp, you don't brush your teeth like I just shared, and you're not trying to look a certain way in front of someone. And there's something so fucking freeing about that, right? Now, I am not, by the way, ragging on relationships and some people feel don't feel self-conscious in their relationship and that's phenomenal and fucking hang on to that person and well done you but i think one of the huge benefits of having alone time is you just remove that i don't feel self-conscious right and you can do whatever you want no one's looking at you no one's judging you I think one of the other things that's really important is you do feel truly independent. So I'm someone that's now, I'm just about, I've just purchased a home and it's just in my name. It's the first time I've ever, I've owned, I don't know, in excess of maybe 10 different houses in my life, but I've never owned one. Have I owned one in my name? Oh no, I have. That's a lie. I have owned a home in my name before, but this is the second time I'm doing it. And this time, no one's name's getting on that fucking title. It's mine, 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 mine. No matter what happens in my life, I just want this little space to be mine. And so I think that feeling independent is powerful. I talk a lot about having your power and stepping into your power. Feeling completely independent is so, so powerful. And when you're alone, that's how you feel. You feel so independent. I've been bringing up my boys alone now for the last two and a half years, pushing three years now. And there's just nothing I can't do. There's nothing I can't tend to around the house. I can do all of the things. And there's just this sense of power that comes with that. Now you can still feel very independent in a relationship, right? And if you've got the right relationship, and we're not going to run an episode on relationships today, but if you've got that, then you can share that need. But I feel the need for having independence is super important. Oh my God. The other one has to be around confidence, right? I took myself to the movies on Monday night this week. I went and saw the Barbie movie. That's another episode. But I just am confident. I remember my son got home and I told him I'd gone and said, he goes, who did you go with? I said, just me. And he goes, what? You went to the movies by yourself? Now I've done it. I've done it my whole life. I've, I've gone to, oh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say my whole life. I've been going to the movies alone the first time I ever went to the movies alone was when I was pregnant. I can remember doing it. I was pregnant. So my my young, my eldest is about to turn 18. So it was 18 years ago. As we know, I'm 47. If we didn't know, now we know. So for me, having the confidence to do it and then the confidence you feel while doing it, oh my God, guys. Like if you've never been to the movies alone, start there, right? Just Number one, you don't have to share the fucking popcorn, which is just so good. You sit where you want. I moved seats three times on Monday. I was in one, then I saw the ones that were moving back. And anyways, I, I played musical chairs, but I eventually sat in the one that I wanted to be in. But there is such a sense of confidence when you are alone. Now, it can be as simple as ordering a coffee, getting a coffee, taking yourself out for dinner. One of the things that I started to practice as my confidence grew in the last sort of 10 years is when I would be away for work, I always used to get in the first 10 years of travel, always got room service, room service, room service, room service. And then in my 10 year relationship, because my partner, my ex-partner would do it, I started copying her and and she would say, why are you going to go out for dinner? Go and check things out. Go on this, go on that. And so I started doing it and fuck, it was amazing. There is nothing better than taking yourself out for a wine or a beer, having some dinner and people watching. It's one of the most 
fucking amazing things to do. So I started doing that on all of my trips and it was so, so good. And you just feel so confident. So one of the things that I think is really beneficial is it's a great way to help your confidence. So if you're someone that's not a confident person, being alone and putting yourself in those situations, the more regularly you do it, the greater the confidence grows. This is a true one. The other one I think that's really, really important for me anyway, is if I've been around people for too long, I just get really tense. I get over it. I have a limitation. Even when I'm around my kids, like having shared custody, it gets to like the sixth day of when my youngest one's here. And I'm like, oh my God, when are you going back to your other mums? Now, some other mums might not think that's okay for me to say, but as we know, I fucking own my shit. And yeah, I just get so much tension release once I fall into my own space, particularly if I know I've got a whole day of it or a morning of it, or it kind of doesn't matter for me what it looks like. I'm just like, oh, I've got two hours alone. Great. What does that look like? You know, and I'm always having chocolate and I'm always eating something slightly naughty, but it really, really does relieve tension. Oh, this is the best one. Let's talk about the next thing that I really think is a massive benefit of you having alone time. Okay, it's the check-in. To truly check in with yourself, you need to do this alone. Now, if you've listened to the podcast from the beginning and you've been following my journey for a while, you'll know that I took myself on a 10-night, 11-day silent retreat and studied Vipassana meditation. So this was a true, true check-in with self and completely, there's a whole podcast on it. If you want to go back and listen to what Vipassana is, I'll let you go back and listen to that episode. It's really fucking interesting. But truly checking in with you and knowing where you're at without the judgment or the opinions of others or your partner or your kid or any of those things has to be done alone. And this is why I'm a massive advocate with my clients of keeping a journal and having a journal. I have what's called your ritual, which is a 10 to 15 minute practice that I get all my clients to practice on a daily basis. Some of them do it in the morning, some do it at night. If you want to know what this is, it's available to download for free on my website. I'll pop it in the show notes. But essentially, truly checking in with yourself can only happen when you are alone. And check-ins for me, I always have to physically touch myself. So I'm going to teach you now very quickly because I think it's really important. You can sometimes do this in the car. The car can be the last resort. It's not, it's not where I would choose you to do it, but if it's all you've got available to you and you're listening to me in your car right now, then practice it. While you're driving safely, put a hand on your heart. I choose my right. My right hand rubs into my heart and actually physically say this out loud. How are you, Nikki? How are you really? And rub into your heart. I'm doing it now as I'm talking. Just really ask, how are you? How are you feeling? And just stop, let there be space and just see what comes up, right? This checking in with self is so important. And if you start to do it daily as part of a ritual and a routine, oh my God, you will Number one, you'll start to find out what's really going on without all the outside influences, but you will slow down. You will learn the gift of stopping and slowing down. So I think one of the most, I think this is probably one of the biggest points for me thinking about this out loud is that 
truly checking in with yourself happens when you have alone time. And it's not alone time where you're constantly, constantly feeling it with movies and all these other things. It's just that stop check-in. And if you can make that part of a daily ritual, like I have in the last three years, oh my God, like I am so in love with myself. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so in love with my own time that I'm probably failing at a lot of friendships and you know, worried I might not fall in love again because I'm just so fucking happy in my own space. I used to get really lonely on a Sunday night. I've gone off on another tangent as we do. Sunday nights were really hard for me. If I was ever, ever going to join a dating app, it's always been on a Sunday night. Sunday night, kids are in bed, you sit down, you're kind of having a reset and it would be like, no, it would be nice now if someone was rubbing my feet or I was rubbing their feet and we're just going to get some takeaway and chat about the week ahead. So Sunday nights were notoriously bad for me. And so now what I do to boycott that is on a Sunday night, I kind of have a practice now where I get my to-do list out and I sort of start planning. So I sort of start planning my CEO day. So for any singles out there that struggle on the Sunday night, because it can be hard, try and fill that Sunday night with something. So maybe it's your favorite TV show that you watch on a Sunday night, or maybe you catch up with a friend or you take yourself to a movie. Try and fill that lull. Because what I was doing was jumping on a dating app and then by Wednesday I was like, oh, no, I'm back in love with myself. I don't want to be on a dating app. Why is this girl texting me 10 times? <laughs> so <laughs> it's a really good check-in to kind of know, are you lonely or do you just crave a little bit of alone time? And I think I thought I was lonely, but I wasn't really, right? I just hadn't finished my healing. So I think truly checking in with yourself needs to be done as often as possible. For me, I do it every single day because it's part of my daily practice. So if it's not something you do, if you don't ever really check in, if you get sick when you first go on holidays or if you wait till you have a break, oh, I'm going to wait till next week, I'm going to wait till that, it's going to be so good when I go to Bali, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. Stop, fucking stop. Stop, 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 stop. If you got food poisoning right now, you would stop and you would be vomiting for the next four hours. You would call in sick to work. Someone would have to take your kids if they could or the kids would have to watch TV. If something happens, you make time. I am saying as a preventative, don't wait. Don't wait until you're on the fucking verge of it. Don't wait for the holiday. Call in sick tomorrow, say you've got gastro and give yourself the gift of some time to be alone. So, so important. All right, I've got one more. In that in that time when you're alone, if you are a journaler and if you're not, oh my God, I could talk about journaling for a whole episode. But I think that you can really reflect in that time. And I'm not someone that dwells on the past, but feeling grateful for things that have happened and kind of going inwards and going, wow, that was actually really cool. I love that about last month or next what month I want to focus on this. You kind of need to, you kind of get to move into that sort of problem solving mind. Again, why? Because you've got the space. You haven't got kids at your feet. You haven't got the TV blaring. You haven't got your family. You haven't got all of those other things that are always there. So the problem solving and tackling the things that are really going on that are quite big in your life are 100% best tackled when you're alone. So this is why I think back to when I was younger, I always had a bit of a drive to work on either end and I quite liked it. I've always liked having a drive and 
because I, I like being alone and I can see that now, right? But I didn't know that. But being alone in the car for me has always been, I, I sometimes say it's really, it's, it's just that solitude, you know, there's, it's, it's something empowering about being on the open road and knowing that you're alone. So driving to and from work for me, I quite like that. And, you know, people that get, ar- ar- uh, spit it out, Nikki, agitated by traffic, I'm just like, oh, sweet, it's an extra 10 minutes to just sit here and think you know again they're all just choices and mindset ways of ways of looking at it but stops you hating the traffic let's talk now about you're in a relationship but you want some alone time but maybe you've got a bit of a clingy partner and they don't need alone time so they don't get it what the fuck do you do then you sit down and you have a really open conversation and you lead with love And you might hold their hand and go, babe, I love you. I love me, but I'm really craving some alone time. Is it okay if tomorrow I'm going to take four hours off in the Arvo and you look after the kids? I really need this. It's about me. It's not about you. Now, if they crack the shits and like, oh my God, what have I done? That's their stuff, right? That is their stuff. And I hope that you're in a relationship where you can do that. And if you're not, then that's okay right? It's okay if you're not, but you do need to question why you can't have that open, honest conversation. I know now there are so many partners in relationships that book their partners a night away, right? Because, you know, there's obviously a lot of publicity around why this is a a great reset for you. But if you are in a relationship, get comfortable with saying, hey, this is what I need. It's, it, it sounds so simple, but so often when we're in a relationship, we just don't ask for what we need because we don't want to upset them. But if you role reverse that, if your partner wanted some alone time, wouldn't you want them to ask? Fuck, I would. I know in my relationship, we definitely would be like, you know what, I need to, I need to check out right now. I need to go and do this. I'm going to take myself and do that. I would always take myself on big drives. That was my common, common one. But this is really important. If you're in a relationship and you think, oh, well, no, you know, it's different for me. I'm in a relationship. I'm here to tell you it's not different. Every single person needs to have their own alone time. It is super important for all of the reasons that we've just talked about. One of the other things I think that is really, really instrumental is having a complete reset. Now, again, I have talked about this and I want to empower all of you and motivate all of you that are listening now to give yourself the gift of 30-hour reset. A 30-hour reset. Can you imagine that? To stop for a second and think, what the fuck would you do with 30 hours? So going back two years ago for my birthday, I was someone, contrary to how extroverted you might think I am, I don't like birthday parties. I don't like things being made about myself. And so my birthday rolled around and what was I going to do? I just wanted to be alone. And so I booked myself one of those tiny houses in the middle of nowhere. And I had decided I was going to turn my phone off. I didn't want to get all the happy birthday messages. I just wanted to immerse myself in being alone. I had two books. I got on the road. I drove and I took myself to a little day spa, which was silent. Oh, my God, that was so, so yummy. I did that. Then I had, oh, my God, I had the most erotic fucking massage of my life. This is such a side issue, but I think it was called a Hawaiian wave massage or something. 
and it was the most sensual, hot, sexy massage I've ever had. They they say to be naked, which I had no problem with. It, P.S. It was a hot Brazilian girl literally sitting on top of me and they massage you in the way that the waves are formed and it's very flow. There's just, it, it never stops, right? So she'd have one hand at one part of your body and then the other hand at the other part of your body and you were kind of like, holy fucking shit. So I had a beautiful massage and then I went to a health food store and bought all these yummy dark chocolate strawberries and food and it was just absolutely amazing. And then I took myself to the tiny house. I laid naked out in the sun. It was when I first read my first Jung book. For those people that don't know Jung Peblo, he is phenomenal. I talk about him on lots of other podcast episodes. So I remember laying there in the sun and I definitely had alone time before this, but I'd never taken myself away to be alone. Oh my God, guys, it was amazing. I think I watched a lot a rom-com on TV. I read, I definitely masturbated. I think I kind of set myself a bit of a goal and was like, right, I'm going to try and come five times. And I think I did or not think I know I did. It was fucking awesome. And that got up in the morning. What did I do in the morning? Oh, I went and saw the animals. You, you can go back and check out this, check out these reels and stuff on this, on my old stories on the Your Art account. Anyway, it was phenomenal. 30-hour reset. The first thing I'm hearing you all say now is, I've got kids and I can't afford it. I've got an answer for that. So since that 30-hour reset, I decided I was going to do two of those a year. And I've since done another two of them. And I'm going to tell you how I got $300 to do this. Number one, I said to my eldest son, I'm not grocery shopping this week. And he was like, what? And I'm like, we're not grocery shopping. We're, I've got milk and bread and we're going to just do a bit of a whatever we can find, we're going to have. And I'm going to reinvest that $300. I think it was 280 we spent on average. I'm going to reinvest that money into myself. And he was just like, like whatever, mum, like, whatever you think. I then booked an Airbnb. This is my recent trip that I did. I booked an Airbnb on a Monday night. I don't think I emailed her and I think it was a Tuesday night. I emailed her on the Monday and said, hey, it's normally $300. It's a Tuesday night. It's just me trying to get away from my kids and family and have a reset. Can you do it any cheaper? Done. Bang. Half price. Gave it to me for $150. Then I stopped in at the Byron Bay pub. I had myself two pints of beer and some hot chips, which would have cost, I don't know, 40, 50 bucks. And then took myself for a beautiful walk to the lighthouse, cried, had music on, then went and checked into the most amazing Airbnb, pretty sure I would have masturbated, had a shower, had some yummy food, didn't have dinner because I was full from the beer and ended up watching Sex in the City on the telly. And then the next morning I did another walk in the morning and then I did a heap of um, work in the morning. So I won't go into that. But in this particular reset that I was having, I wanted to do a heap of business planning, which I did in the morning. And then I took myself out for a yummy breakfast. I'm pretty sure when I came home, I'd spent about $220. $220, 30 hour reset, just reinvested the money I would ordinarily spend on groceries into taking myself away. So if you think you don't have the money, the number one tip to get the money is to just reinvest the shopping money. Have a challenge with your kids and be like, right, normally we spend this, this week we're only going to spend this. Give everyone $20 and work out what they're going to do with it. Number two, if you need money, sell something in your house. If you haven't touched something in your home for more than a year, anything, 
If you haven't touched it for a year, sell it. Sell it on Marketplace. Get rid of it. You don't need it. If you're looking at anything, shoes, I sold two of my son's pair of shoes that he never wore, $50 each, bang, 100 I'm always selling things on Marketplace. Dog, people with dogs will buy old towels, old sheet sets. You name it, they will buy it on Marketplace. So if you think you can't afford it, sell $300 worth of stuff around your home. There wouldn't be a person that has a home that doesn't have $300 worth of stuff that they can sell. Get in the garage, tools, plants, old stools, shit that you look at that doesn't fucking fill you with joy. Get rid of it, sell it, sell it, sell it, sell it. So they're two really fucking easy ways for you to get $300 to gift yourself a 30-hour reset. And when you go on this reset, guess what? You're going to have to ask someone to mind your kids if you're a single mum. Go to your best friend and be like, I really need this. Can you have the kids? Can you have the kids this particular night? And I am not saying everyone can do this, but I think if you try really hard, most people can. I've got a couple of close friends that have full custody of their kids and I'm always saying, drop them here. You go and have a reset. Drop them here. You go and have a reset. If you're anything like me, accepting and taking help doesn't come easy, but it is something that I have learned to do. So true full mental health reset having alone time i've told you how you can give yourself 30 hours but it doesn't have to be 30 hours guys start with five minutes a day start with staying in the car for an extra two minutes before you walk inside start with having a conversation with your partner and saying wow when was the last time i was alone sneak off to the movies when i went to the movies on monday night again the movies is expensive like i Normally, if I was going to go to the movies, I take my children and it's like, fucking, you don't get changed from $100. Everything's cheap when you go alone. Went to the movies alone, took my Diet Coke, took my chocolate. I got a movie ticket. The movie ticket was $21, $22 and I got a large popcorn. For $30, $30 is fuck all. You'd be spending it on coffees a week, right? I took myself to the movies. So it's just being really clever with how you invest the money and the time. But I think I've proven the point, well, I hope I've made my point, that having alone time is so important. So I just got really on my soapbox. I love it up here. I just want everyone to feel so connected to self and so grounded and I really believe that stopping and being alone and having your own space is the key to this. And I believe that the reason I couldn't feel this was because I'd never, ever done this my entire life. And I want to gift this to younger people so that they don't wait until it's kind of thrown upon them. So the takeaways for you guys are, do you have alone time? Do you want it? Why don't you want it? And if you don't want it, what does that mean for you? feel free to slide into my DMs. Let's talk about it. I'm here to support you. If this has brought up anything for you, I am here to coach you. I work with clients one-on-one. If you're like, oh my God, I don't need that. Why? Why do you think you don't? Why do you think you're not worthy of having some space to yourself? There's a lot in this, right? And I think it's a very, very, very important thing. So no more feeling tired. If you feel like you need more fun, if you feel like you're always rushing, If you feel like you're agitated and stressed, give yourself some alone time and then see how you're feeling. 
Thanks for listening. Have an awesome week.